Professional teachers are taught that the more senses you can involve with your students in any kind of teaching experience, the more likely the students will remember what you're teaching them. So, if you can involve, for example, taste or touch or sight, you're going to remember those experiences much longer than if it's just something that you hear or read about. Our Father in Heaven and His Son Jesus Christ are the master teachers. They perfectly understand this principle. And whenever we experience an ordinance or make a heavenly covenant, we don't just hear the words. We also are required to experience a physical act that involves our other senses. That way, we will remember. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we're excited to have a new topic of discussion today. In the 19th year of the reign of Judges, the people of Nephi and the people of Laman, the Lamanites, were at war again. Seems like they were always at war. <laughs> a man by the name of Moroni had been selected by the chief judge and by the voice of the people to be the chief commander of the armies of the Nephites. And Moroni decided that it was time to put together an army to go face the Lamanites and a new band of people called the Amalekiahites. In putting together this army, the first thing that he did is he took and ripped a part of his coat. He wrote the words, In memory of our God, our religion, and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children. Those were the things that they were willing to fight for and to die for. And he put this on this flag and then attached the flag onto a pole so that he could hold it up high in the air. This has become known as the title of liberty. And Moroni then went into the center of town and held up this pole with the writing on it where people could read. And as he did, a very strange occurrence happened. (laughs) And this is different than you'd normally think of. But all of the men around the town ran to Moroni, and they ripped off their shirts, (laughs) tore them in shreds, threw them at the feet of Moroni, and began to stomp on them. Yeah. I mean, that's an unusual thing to do. Yeah, it's really weird. I I don't think I would ever do that (laughs) in any situation. Rending your clothes or tearing your clothes dates clear back to their Hebrew traditions in Jerusalem. Yeah, we don't do that today. But it was a symbol that they, in fact, in the Old and New Testament. What is this a symbol of? The Hebrews did this in different kind of scenarios. Sometimes they did it when they were sad. Sometimes they did it when they were angry. It was a symbol of how they were feeling. And part of it is their clothing symbolized themselves or their bodies. And to me, it's kind of like today, we still kind of have clothing that symbolizes us. Like if you're a police officer, you might have a police officer uniform that you wear that symbolizes that you're a police officer. If you're a nurse or a doctor or something, you have an outfit that you wear. A uniform, that's right. And it kind of represents you. Well, I think their clothing kind of was a symbolic representation of their own lives or themselves as a person. And so... When they were sad, they might rip their clothes to symbolize my heart's broken. Or if they were angry, they might rip their clothing to symbolize, you know, I'm disgusted or I'm outraged or something. And in this case, they were actually doing this for a symbolic reason. 
They were, and this was a symbol representing a covenant. Yeah. So they were making a covenant, and as part of that covenant, they were doing something symbolic. Yeah. What they're saying was, we're ripping our clothing so that if we fail to do what we say we're going to do, God can tear us apart too. In Alma, chapter 46, verse 22, Mormon takes the time to explain to us what was happening here. These are his words. Now this was the covenant which they made, and they cast their garments at the feet of Moroni, saying, We covenant with our God that we shall be destroyed as our brethren in the land northward, if we shall fall into transgression. Yeah. That was the first thing that it symbolized, is if we fall into transgression, we can be rent like we rent our clothing. Mm. And then the second symbol is right after that, he may cast us at the feet of our enemies, even as we have cast our garments at thy feet to be trodden underfoot, if we shall fall into transgression. They're both kind of scary thoughts, but they said, we're covenanting with God. And we promise. And if we fail to keep our part of the covenant, then these things will be brought upon us. Yeah. Pretty powerful. It's powerful imagery, and it really meant something to them. It was more than just saying, I promise I'm going to do this. Yeah, they were saying, we'll die rather than break these covenants. Mm-hmm. As Captain Moroni witnessed these men and their covenants that they were making, he took advantage of that opportunity and explained a little further about the symbolism of the rent clothing. He expressed this, Behold, we are a remnant of the seed of Jacob, yea, we are a remnant of the seed of Joseph, whose coat was rent by his brethren into many pieces. Yea, and now behold, let us remember to keep the commandments of God, or our garments shall be rent by our brethren, and we shall be cast into prison, and or be sold, or be slain. Again, referring to the things that happened to Joseph. Yeah. Yea, let us remember the words of Jacob. Now, this is really interesting, because he's now going to quote from Jacob. Words that we don't have in our Old Testament today, but words that must have been part of the brass plates. I think this is a really cool part, too, because it's a great symbol from the brass plates that represents not only what Moroni is referring to it as kind of it's a symbol kind of of what they're talking about. But it's also it was a beautiful symbol for Joseph and for Jacob in their time. He said, Jacob, before his death, saw that a part of the remnant of the coat of Joseph was preserved and had not decayed. And he said, Even as this remnant of garment of my son hath been preserved, so shall a remnant of the seed of my son be preserved by the hand of God, and be taken unto himself, while the remainder of the seed of Joseph shall perish, even as the remnant of his garment. And then Moroni explained, This was the language of Jacob. And now who knoweth but what the remnant of the seed of Joseph, which shall perish as his garment, are those who have descended from us? Yea, and even it shall be ourselves if we do not stand fast in the faith of Christ. So we expressed that we are this remnant. We are this chosen people who have been preserved. We are the remnant of Joseph. But unless we stay true to our covenants, We will be rent, as was the coat of Joseph. Once they decided to start breaking their covenants with God, eventually the Nephites were cut off, although the Lamanites continued to to be that remnant that survived. 
We have symbols with every covenant we make today. Mm -hmm. Every covenant. What are some of the symbols that you can think about with covenants that we make? Well, the first covenant we make probably is baptism. Okay. What do we do when we're baptized? There's a lot of symbols in baptism. One thing that we do is also involves clothing. We wear a white outfit. They haven't always done that, but we do that today. And then they go down into water and you're dunked under the water. You come up out of the water. Is that a strange thing? Is that, do we ever do that in any other time in our lives? <laughs> yeah. Not in making covenants. Not in, make, not in our own covenants. We do it for others. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, you only do it once really for yourself, but we know that it's symbolic. We don't just do it for fun because we feel dirty or something. <laughs> we're doing it because it's symbolic. We go down under the water, kind of like we're being buried and then rise up again, like we're almost being resurrected or becoming a new person. And we become children of Christ. Of Christ. And even though it's not a washing, like we're not doing it to get clean, it's symbolically kind of like washing yourself. Absolutely. Your baptism is something that you remember because it's so different than anything else you've ever done in your life. What other ordinances do we do that are symbolic? The sacrament is definitely symbolic, and we're not eating again because we're hungry. We're eating because it's a symbol of a covenant we're making. Baptismal covenants, sacramental covenants... Temple covenants are all accompanied by physical actions that we can think about and remind us of the promises that we make to our Heavenly Father. I personally love all the symbols that God puts into different covenants that he has us make. I think it would be a lot more boring if all we did was promise something. Like if when we got baptized, we just had to say, I believe, and then (laughs) they said, good job. That'd be neat and all, I suppose, but you really wouldn't have that memory probably is right when you think about all the kind of puzzles that god gives us by doing things like you go down and get in water and go under the water like you have to think about why did i do that in the beginning we talked about how professional teachers are taught that if they want their students to remember something then have those students be involved with as many of the senses as possible yeah Another thing that professional teachers are taught is that to have someone vividly remember something, make that experience unique. Each of the covenants we make is so important that it involves multiple senses and is also unique. Whether it's the circumcision of Jewish men in Old Testament times, the rending of clothing in the Book of Mormon, as we've talked about, the offering of animal sacrifices up to the time of Christ's birth, or the partaking of bread and water as a reminder each week of Christ's infinite atonement. We are a covenant-making people. The Book of Mormon confirms that fact. Thank you so much for listening. Next time... We will be talking about a very special man, a man by the name of Nephi, who was the son of Helaman. Until then, enjoy your reading.